Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. With spring coming to an end and summer around the corner, we'll be covering things to think about with your archery setup for the upcoming season. Alright, good morning. So it is currently Sunday morning and I'm trying to get this podcast knocked out because I've got a ton of things I gotta get done today. Uh, it's certainly that time of year where where those summer chores and to-do lists are coming out. Uh, we've been spending most of the time yesterday uh, just doing projects outside. I ended up uh, picking up my dad's old boat and bringing it over. Um, just basically getting it, hopefully get it ready for you know for the water again. It's been sitting for a couple of years. Uh, it's had some leak issues, so getting it all cleaned up. Uh, later today, I'm going to be um, adding a ceiling down on the bottom of the boat, hopefully to close up any potential leaks on the bottom, um, and basically just kind of get repainted and ready to go for the season. New uh, board for the back of it to be able to mount a motor to it because that's all that's all rotted out. Uh, it actually uh, blew apart when I was uh, power washing the boat off, uh, so I have to get uh, you know drill out a couple of rivets and uh, get that bolted back on with a new board. Uh, to get ready for a bill hopefully be able to put a motor on the back uh, that way you're not having to row all the way across the lake but these summer to-do lists and chores uh, falls right in line with some of the things you should be thinking about uh, when it comes to your archery setup you know this is a time of year where a lot of people end up changing changing bows go, switching to a different type of arrow or broadhead uh, or simply just going through and making sure that everything's tuned up from the year before so this week, I'm just going to cover uh, a few things that I've learned over the past couple of years uh, that I've really been researching on and um, as kind of what the, the title entails, uh, tinkering with and, and testing um, different things with my archery setup in regards to um, primarily the arrows and how they're flying, uh, but also this really trying to dive into how my bow is tuned and how it's shooting. Um, in regards to you know trying to be as accurate as possible or deliver as much you know kinetic energy or energy to when I go out hunting I'm you know confident that you know the arrow will hit where it wants to and will have enough energy to hopefully do a pass through you know making it for a better shot and hopefully an easier recovery um, altogether. So there's a lot of things that you can either you know not really worry about when it comes to your setup or you can really dive deep and really fine tune and almost drive yourself crazy thinking about all the different uh, variables and things that you could potentially um, tweak or make changes to in efforts to try to be as accurate as absolutely possible. So I guess I'll start out with covering what my current archery setup is. Um, now I still shoot a Bowtech Realm that came out in 2018. Um, I'm shooting at a 27 and a half inch draw length at 70 pounds. Uh, the IBO rating for that bow is 340 feet per second. Um, so it's certainly um, not the fastest bows out there or you know, truly a, a full-time speed bow, um, but it's certainly um, in that higher echelon of speeds uh, for the bows, especially you know looking at one that's been out for a couple years now. The axle axle is a, measured at uh, 30 and three quarters inches. So it's actually a you know, one of the shorter bows, um, you know, especially for the, again, being out a couple of years now, it was one of the shorter bows that you could get on the market. Now, certainly there are some newer ones now. Matthews is really pushing that, 
that envelope. I think they have a, a either a 28 or it's at 27 and something um, axle axle now. So they've really made those bows very compact now. And then for my arrow setup, I actually just switched this year. Uh, I've switched over to uh, gold tip. I started out shooting gold tip when I first got back into archery. Um, so I've came back to them now. It's the gold tip airstrikes. Um, they're a small diameter um, arrow. Really, it's a, considered a light arrow um, to be able to um, have increased FOC or front and center. Um, so I've added a 75 grain um, steel insert and I shoot a 125 grain point. And then I will be also using 125 grain for my broadhead as well. Just trying to get the FOC up. Right now, um, at that 125 grain tip with the 75 grain insert, arrow weight is about 530 grains and the FOC right around, well, it's between 14 and 15. And then for the broadheads, I'm actually sticking with um, the G5 Montax. Uh, I may be switching over to uh, the M3s. They're the new three blade solid um, broadhead that they're making. Currently right now, they only have it in a 100 grain, uh, but there has been talk that they're gonna be coming out with 125 grain. So if they do get that out for this season, I'll probably be picking some up, doing some tests and see you know, if they you know, ultimately do perform better. Um, with that solid broadhead, you know, the idea is that they're gonna be a little bit stronger just because they don't have those cutoffs to them. And then they're also, um, the big selling point around them will be that they're gonna be more quiet because they don't have those cutouts when the arrow's spinning through the air, it's not creating a sound, or as much of a sound or whistling as much um, as those Montex do. Yeah, so I'm already starting to get into a bunch more details than I really wanted to. Um, so let's kind of jump into really the basics. So the first thing to consider is our bows. Uh, if you're you know still happy with your current bow, you know the big thing is just making sure that everything's still tuned up properly, um, and that your you know that your strings are good and everything like that. But if you're looking at for a new bow, you know there's certainly tons of options out there. You know, if you've had you know, experience with archery in the past, then you already kind of know what you like. So you really just gotta go out there, kind of find out who's got you know bows that are similar to style that you're looking for, or with the certain specs that you like, and then go out there and just make sure that you always go out there and shoot those bows and make sure they are what um, you're hoping they are, and that they are good are good fit for you. So, and then if you if you are new, or if you're you know wanting to you know get into archery then certainly it can be a little overwhelming. I always recommend that, especially if you're getting started, you know, you don't have to go after those flagship bows because you may not necessarily know exactly what you like or what really fits you best. Uh, so you can always go with some of those better price point bows, you know, to find out, you know, kind of what you like um, without having to spend a ton of money on it um, starting out. So I actually kind of did that when I first got into it. You know, I was kind of looking at it wasn't my first bow. I had actually bought a an old uh, Darton, I believe it's a Mustang, uh, from a guy off of Craigslist when I first wanted to get back in the archery again. I used that for season two, but it wasn't an older bow, and I wanted to get something a little bit newer. So I ended up going with a Bowtech uh, Carbon Icon. It's their, it's one of their carbon bows, of course. Um, it was kind of like that mid-level bow that they offered. You know, I really liked it. You know, it maxed out at 60 pounds, um, but it was super quiet of a bow, and it was actually very, very accurate. Uh, one of the 
Uh, one of my favorite things about that bow is you know just how consistent it was and it was rock solid when you held it there was no kick to it or anything like that you could hold you know that pin right where you want it for as long as you need to you know one of my uh best uh sessions out shooting i was really wanting to test you know how far i could shoot out and you know way my my backyard is there's a little bit of slope to it so I started backing up and having to go up this slope. Well, eventually I hit to the point where I was at the top of the hill and my target was down low. So it started as I continued to back up, I actually was being able to see less and less of the target. So when I was finally at about 70 yards, I believe it was, you know, I could only see the tip of the tip of the target. And so I, I was just kind of, you know, more or less, you know, gauging on where I thought the center of the target was, let the arrow go had no idea where it landed sure enough i walked down there it was dead center right in the bullseye um so even just you know not even really having a good focal point to aim at just by you know envisioning where that bullseye was i was able to hit it just because that bow just stayed so steady in the hand um there was no really any you know you know variance once you were at that full draw that bow stayed right where you held it that whole story was essentially that you don't have to get the top of line bows to get a, a bow that will really perform for you. So again, some of this next stuff I'm gonna cover, you know, many people will already know and you know be able to kind of ignore this little section of it. If you're not that familiar with archery or kind of the terminology um, or some of the things that, you know, some of those selling points that, you know, people will talk about with certain bows, um, then this will just kind of help you out. So I'm just going to cover this kind of quickly. You know, the first thing that you'll hear is the axle axle or ATA. Um, this is essentially the length of the bow. So, so they'll usually measure it in inches there. Me personally, because I'm a little bit shorter guy, I like those shorter bows, those shorter axle axles. Now, one thing to consider, you don't have to be a shorter person to shoot a shorter bow or you don't need to be, um, you know, using a longer bow if you're a taller person. But one thing you will want to consider is that if you are taller or if you do have a much larger draw length, uh, then those shorter bows, that string angle because of the bow is shorter, and the longer you pull that bow string back, the steeper that angle of that string will be. So for if you are a taller person or you do have that longer uh, draw length, then you are gonna potentially run into the you know issue where it's gonna affect your anchor point and you may have to adjust that. You know, it may be a consideration for you or it may not. So it just kind of depends on you know, your technique and how you shoot and ultimately how long of a draw length you have or how short that bow is. You know, it, it would be up to you on if you're willing to make that type of change. So another one that they talk about, um, a lot of times that I kind of, I kind of prioritize this a little bit is the brace height. Or that brace height when they talk about is that essentially that bar that holds your string stop um, once, you know, when the bow's at rest. So essentially what you're looking at is that those shorter brace heights will give you more speed and then a longer brace height will be more forgiving um, or be more tolerable to uh, shot error. You know, if you mess up your shot process just a little bit or if you have you know something going on that's going to make that string not follow directly in line, then that longer brace height will give you a little bit more flexibilities where you can have potential a little more errors in your shot and it won't affect the arrow quite as much. Now that shorter brace height, again, it gives you more speed. It allows that string to travel farther, but with that additional travel, any errors uh, in how you release that arrow 
whether you had some face pressure pushing on the string or you torqued a bow with your grip, then that is going to be potentially uh, amplified with that shorter brace height. So in the next thing that when I'm looking at bows and whatnot, I'm looking at the availability for different draw weights. So for me, I'm looking at essentially, you know, because I'm strictly you know, really focused on the hunting aspect. So I am looking at a bow that essentially I can get the, the highest draw weight that I can comfort, comfortably and repeatedly draw back and hold. You know, essentially, you know, the thing I'm considering is that the more weight I'm able to pull back on the bow, then that's more potential energy to be able to transfer to the arrow, uh, allowing it to have more kinetic energy downrange. And I guess the next thing we'll work on or talk about then is tunability. You know, with tunability, you know, for the first few years, that really wasn't uh, that big of a consideration for me because uh, I would usually just take it to the bow shop if I need anything done. Um, but now that I've, you know, kind of dived into it a little bit more and the more I keep wanting to tinker with my setup, uh, I want to have a little bit more knowledge about, you know, what needs to be done to be able to tune the bow or um, if I need to make any adjustments to it, how difficult it would be for me to do it myself or, you know, if it's something that ultimately I need to go to the bow shop and have them take care of it for me, um, you know, basically because I don't, you know, maybe not have the tools or the knowledge to be able to make those adjustments. But again, a lot of the manufacturers now are making it more and more easy making it easier uh, to be able to make those adjustments um, you know Bowtech again they've you know I keep going back to them but they actually um, now have a I don't even know what it's called but essentially adjustment where you can tune um, the cams of your bow uh, without even having to necessarily put them in a bow press or take the bow apart uh, it's a simple like tune or, like turn of a couple allen wrenches and you can actually adjust your your cams um, right on the fly so yeah you don't have to be you know you don't have to go to that bow shop to make those adjustments so if you have the confidence to be able to make those adjustments then there's nothing that can stop you from you know doing that but again all the other manufacturers are doing the same thing you know they want to make it to where you know they're looking at making it easier to tune those bows you know that's kind of it seems like to be the next step because uh, these bows are running so efficiently now that they're all pretty close to each other now uh, so really that's you know just those the fine details on what these a lot of these bow manufacturers are really working on right now uh, just trying to, to get that edge um, and making their equipment better or stand out from the rest and then the last thing I kind of want to cover is the bow speed now that's usually a big selling point uh, for most of the manufacturers is talking about you know their IBO speeds and whatnot um, I really, I don't put a ton of thought into the bow speed. You know, some people may think it's really important, but ultimately for me, it's just not that big. You know, that's one of the, one of the, this, like a, a good selling point if it's a fast bow, but I'm looking at some of those other aspects to it before I really look at the speed or, you know, put that much weight into how important that bow speed is you know really if i'm looking at a bow i'm looking at anything usually right around you know 330 or higher um so i do like a little bit more speed um but i don't need that you know that top echelon um, speed bow or anything like that uh usually i look at those top ones and usually you're you know, having to consider you know that forgiveness side so usually i just want something that's really good shootability and has decent speed 
So ultimately, the most important thing when it comes to picking a bow is find one that you're confident with, and as long as it feels good for you to shoot, and it's something that you're you know comfortable with shooting repeatedly, then that's ultimately the most important thing. So there's a ton, ton, tons of different bows out there, different features, different sizes. You know, you can really get into even different colors if you wanted to, but ultimately find a bow that you feel comfortable with and that you enjoy shooting and that you have confidence with. That's the most important part in regards to picking a bow. And the best way to do it is shoot shoot different types of bows. You know, if you're in the market for one, go go to your bow shop, shoot as many different varieties or variations of bows as you can. Find ones that, you know, have certain features that you like or that they feel right in your hand or they just really, really good when you shoot them. But just make sure that you're spending plenty of time testing other bows to ultimately find the one that you're most comfortable with. All right, so the next thing that we're really going to get into are the arrows. Now, this is what I've been spending a good amount of time on, probably the past two years, really diving into. Uh, basically, what started the whole process is that, you know, I started out with, um, well, let me back up a little bit. Essentially, I started out shooting some gold tip hunters, the, the XTs, very solid arrow, but I didn't know anything about arrows or tuning arrows or making sure that it's the right arrow for me. You know, basically, I was one of those guys that just, you know, grabbed this thing of arrows, they looked good, threw a broadhead on, and started, you know, slinging at animals. So I did run into a couple issues that I noticed um, with that setup. So with that bow and arrow setup that I had, I actually, you know, one of the uh, first year I ended up trying to shoot with it was a doe, you know, well within range. I think she was at 18 yards and I ended up catching her shoulder and, you know, she runs off and whatnot and I go to find the arrow and the arrow had actually broken off right at where the, where the end or the insert hits the broadhead. So that was basically, you know, I had zero zero penetration with that arrow because it hit that shoulder and but I was kind of set back that you know a deer that close and the arrow wasn't able to perform um, but it made me start to really think about uh, the arrow and you know kind of what happened you know why I ended up hitting that deer but yet the arrow wasn't able to do any damage so then I ended up thinking okay I I need a stronger arrow so I ended up going switching from those gold tip hunters to the Easton full metal jackets thinking all right these things are you know they they sell them as these you know tanks of an arrow that you know, can handle damage or handle you know a beating and you know are just tougher than nails so I ended up switching to them and had some success with them I ended up using them for a couple of years uh, but then I ended up running into the same issue where I had caught another doe in the shoulder and again, terrible penetration and the arrow, you know, ended up being, getting damaged um, in the process. So, and this really threw me back is, you know, first off now I've, you know, ended up wounding potentially two deer by, you know, slinging an arrow at them and, you know, not having it, you know, be a, a killing shot or something like that. So... So that's always weighing on you is that, you know, now you've wounded an animal and then the next thing is, okay, why, why is this still happening? 
Well, you know, certainly part of that falls on me with my shot placement, I'm sure, or my ability to, you know, be able to put a good shot on an animal. You know, certainly those nerves get into play, so I'm sure that plays a factor. So, and that's something that you, you have to work on, but, you know, that may not be something that will be an easy fix for you. You know, essentially the only way you can really get over that is, you know, the more times you sling an arrow at an animal, you know, hopefully the more that you'll become more comfortable with it and those nerves won't get the best of you anymore. So I started looking into what I could do to hopefully make um, that arrow a little bit better to help me out in that process of ensuring that if I do sling an arrow at an animal, that it will do or have the, give me the best chance to be able to have it, you know, be a good shot or at least a killing shot where I don't, you know, have to, yeah. So I want to look into, you know, what I can do with the arrow setup to make sure that they can be as lethal as possible. So what are the things that you want to look at when you're looking for arrows? You know, the first thing that's always most important is always double check. Um, if you found an arrow that you kind of like, always check that, that spine chart to make sure it's the correct arrow uh, for your bow setup. Now, one thing to keep in mind that if you are going to potentially, you know, add some point weight or heavier inserts that a lot of those spine charts um, are set up, you know, with only 100 grains in the front end or for, for a 100 grain tip. Um, and that's generally looking at with a standard aluminum insert. But there are now some uh, spine charts um, from different manufacturers that are incorporating um, heavier point weights or, you know, even some of the more custom um, arrow manufacturers that you actually consider uh, your insert weight as well. So you can really make sure that you f get that um, correct size of arrow uh, for what you need. Essentially, you're looking at if you're shooting a lighter draw and shorter draw lengths, and you can generally go with a lighter spine or a, an arrow that has a little bit more flex to it. If you're shooting a heavier pounded bow or you have a larger draw length, then you need to make sure that it's gonna be a little bit longer or a little bit stiffer of an arrow. Now, different manufacturers will have different ratings. Some use a, you know, a 301 type of arrow, it may not be a 300 for another. Uh, so you really wanna make sure that you follow their guidelines because uh, they do use different ratings uh, for their different stiffness of arrow. So when picking an arrow, you know, one of the most important things um, in regards to if you're worried about accuracy is this arrow straightness. You know, basically, the more consistent those arrows are all, you know, the same straightness, then you're going to have more consistent shots, at least in regards to with the arrows not being a variable throwing that off. Now, unfortunately, usually when you're paying for better straightness of arrows, then you end up, you know, paying the extra dollar for those straighter arrows just because of the additional you know effort the manufacturer puts into to ensuring that that straightness is within their parameters i'm sure they're having a lot of waste for any of those arrows that don't meet that criteria or they have to downgrade them to those other straightnesses so typically you pay for straightness of those arrows now there is uh, one one really simple way to to improve the straightness of of your arrow so if you don't want to, you know, spend the spend the price point on, you know, those top end um, arrows that you know have the better straightness, you can actually get one of the lower uh, straightness rating arrows. And what you can do is when you go to get them uh, cut the length for you, you 
have either if you do it yourself or if you take it to a bow shop have them do a spin test on that arrow and they will notice that one side or the other will have a little bit more wobble in it you know essentially that spin test is you're spinning that arrow and watching watching the ends and seeing how you know how tight a rotation does that arrow have if you see a little bit of wobble then that's indication that there's a little bit um, there's a little bit something off on the straightness of that arrow and what you can do as long as you don't mind that you know those labels aren't going to match up on your arrows you can cut on whatever side of that arrow um, is wobbling the most and that will actually help improve that straightness of that arrow um, just by taking that you know that wobbly end out um, then you end up you know kind of leaning more towards that straighter arrow you know classification by doing it that way not not every bow shop will do that or not every bow shop does that automatically so you know typically it's always cut from the the far end or the, the end that doesn't have the knock and that's usually pretty standard protocol so but if that's something that you're considering uh, bring that up to your bow shop and see if that's something that they're willing to do for you to help you out in that regard and the next thing that i'll cover is um, that can be certainly kind of confusing when you first start really looking into it is when they start talking about the arrow diameters so really to break it down there's really just more or less three different standard or three different classifications there's a standard you have the small arrow diameter and then a micro diameter arrow so the standard is essentially what it sounds like it's a standard um, you know size you know, certainly if you get into the target size and you have you know these larger you know, arrows um, that they use on the target side but again we're just going to focus on the hunting side so a standard arrow that's usually what you'll find in most bow shops um, you know in just in their racks and whatnot and then and then there's a the small and then of course the micro diameter um, which we'll get into this a little bit as well but really in general the small to micro diameter arrows uh, you know, part of the selling point on that is that there's going to be less wind drift. So essentially, there's less surface area on or surface area on those arrows, which uh, decreases the potential for wind to be able to push that arrow, um, causing the arrow to go off target. And then another selling point that a lot of those micro diameter, um, you know, arrow manufacturers, um, you know, will mention too, is the potential for better penetration because of that small diameter. You know, it's ultimately going to be smaller than the tip or your broadhead, and again, less surface area, causing less drag as it goes goes through the animal. Now, again, there has been some debate on, you know, ultimately how much better that penetration is, but it could be a consideration. Now, the one nice thing, um, or the big selling point for a standard diameter arrow, is that they are, again, I'll use this term, forgiving, with the arrow's margin of error. Being better so essentially what's what I'm talking about is that with that larger diameter arrow you know it's you know knocked onto the string because that arrow is wider or has a larger diameter when that arrow or when that string pushes that arrow you know it's more or less still centered in, in behind it so if you have your your bow is not shooting you know perfect yet yeah, the or not perfectly tuned to where that string is traveling perfectly straight, pushing directly behind the arrow the entire time. Now, if you have some cam lean, um, or if maybe even if your rest um, is slightly you know off a of, off a of center shot, then then that string may potentially start not pushing the arrow directly behind it. Um, there'll actually be a little bit of sway um, as that string's going forward. Now, with that larger diameter arrow. 
because it's wider or you know wider than a string by quite a bit then it's gonna have less of an effect on it you would be essentially trying to think of a good analogy to that uh, but I really can't think of one um, so uh, it, again essentially what's happening is that it does allow that if the bow tuning is out a little bit then that arrow is still going to essentially still be pushed from straightly from the back now if you get into a smaller diameter or even more so in the micro diameter arrow because of that diameter of that arrow is so much smaller that any variance or sway in that string is going to affect that arrow more i actually ran into that this year and it was something that i hadn't really you know thought about um, be, being an issue so essentially i went from a standard diameter arrow down to a small and you know i didn't change anything else but then when i went to go to paper tune it i would shoot this new arrow and i it was way off you know it wasn't shooting that arrow wasn't leaving that bow straight and i really got thrown back by it so i ended up throwing on one of my old arrows shot my old arrow through it and it it shot perfectly it was perfectly straight created a bullet hole just a single hole hole through that paper where it didn't have any variation in it and i really didn't know what what was going on um because the, my old arrow shot perfectly straight so i assumed that my you know bow was you know tuned tuned correctly well i ended up you know just wanting to see what i needed to do to get that new arrow to fly straight i ended up uh, adjusting making quite a few adjustments to my rest and it ended up being way off you know essentially i reached out to uh, another individual and you know told him what was going on and you know i thought maybe because i had changed my arrow spine that maybe i had gone up too high of an arrow spine and that bow wasn't or that arrow wasn't flexing correctly um you know maybe it was just too stiff for my setup and you know was having a hard time with it but he ended up you know telling me basically you know take a look look down my string um you know put put an arrow in the rest and then look and you know angle the my bow to where i can look down the string and see if that arrow is in line with the string sure enough it was way off to one side uh, essentially you know i had made so many adjustments to try to get the arrow to shoot correctly but by doing so i ended up having to pull that arrow or that rest so far out to where the arrow was no longer in line so yeah i could i end up getting that arrow to shoot you know a paper hole or a bullet hole through that but because of the how much compensation i had to make it really made you know my setup or that arrow and the way i had it to where that bow was not shooting as efficiently as it could you know essentially there's a lot of pulling and pushing trying to get that arrow to you know come out of the bow straight so it was really fighting the bow to try to do so so that's when I ended up taking it to the bow shop and having them, you know, essentially look at my bow. And sure enough, you know, I ended up, you know, ultimately getting a, a new string put on and had them re retune it. And I'm so glad that I did that instead of trying to just, you know, saying that was good enough because I ended up, you know, needing, you know, or having that current setup the way it was. It was good enough for that larger diameter arrow, the standard diameter arrow that I had because it didn't affect, you know, it didn't make that much of an effect. So it could be slightly out of tune, but yet still shoot properly just because the arrow, again, I keep using that term forgive, forgiving to where 
the the arrow itself could kind of compensate for some tuning error. Now, when you got when I got to that smaller diameter, that wasn't the case. Um, it was actually it needed that string to push that arrow directly from behind. Otherwise, if it had any variance to that, it was really going to throw off the throw off the uh, arrow to making that bow less efficient. And so what you end up having is with that bow, if it's not quite in tune and you have to make those adjustments to where the, the arrow and the bow are kind of fighting each other, then you're gonna end up with that bow not being able to shoot as quietly and you're not gonna get as much speed or energy off of it because of that you know, pulling and pushing. It's gonna be stealing you know, speed and potentially kinetic energy from you that you're gonna need downrange. So I guess on a side note, you know, take a look at your setup, you know, do that same little trick, you know, stick an arrow in your rest and kind of tilt your bow down so you can look, you know, across the string and see if, and you know, basically look at, have that string going through the center of the riser and then take a look at where your arrow is sitting. So ideally you want everything lined up in what's called center shot. So essentially every bow manufacturer has, you know, certain specs on what their center shot is, you know, basically it's, you know, how far the arrow is from, from the riser. And you want that as close to center shot as possible. That's essentially, you know, the, the manufacturer saying this is the most, you know, efficient line uh, for that arrow or for that string. And you want to be as, as close to that as you can. So take a look at that again have that string in the center of your riser and take a look down that string and see if your arrow is lined up with that. What you'll end up seeing is that if you're not, that that arrow is going to be off to one side or the other. You know, it, you know, at the string, it'll be close, but then as it gets further away from the string towards your tip, you're going to see that drift away from, away from the string or off the center there. And then what you'll end up seeing too, is that because of that, you'll, you'll rest will actually, or not your rest, your, that your sight will also be off of that line as well because now you're having to compensate for that for that uh, for that variance with the arrow. And if you do end up seeing that, my recommendation to you, unless you have a bow press or something like that where you can kind of adjust that yourself, you know, get it to your uh, bow shop and have them, you know, try to get that back in the center center shot for you um, because that will make an effect or make you know make a big difference in your overall performance of your bow and depending on again what type of arrow you're using it could really affect on how that arrow flies now i'm i don't know exactly how good of a of an explanation of the different size of diameter arrows uh kind of really affect on how will they shoot um, in regards to your bow's tuning um so i am gonna link uh, a video from of uh, Tim Gillingham's uh, with Gold Tip, he actually does uh, a video that kind of explains it, and he actually draws it out and everything like that, so you can see what he's talking about. Um, so I will link that down in the description, um, along with he does actually a whole series on uh, arrow tuning, um, and a lot he'll cover a lot of things that you know I you know covered as well about things to consider, um, and really he he kind of says kind of the same thing I. I ultimately came to find out too is that you know there's no right or wrong um, arrow setup it's what works best for you um, and what what really you're looking for and in, in your arrow all right 
So this is actually running a little long, so I'm gonna try to cover the, another couple of points, and then I'm probably gonna have to call it here because uh, I haven't even got into the testing portion of of you know when you're making these changes. So we'll just cover a, a couple more things, um, and then we'll probably have to do this a bit of in like a series um, to really be able to cover everything without getting too long because I'm. I find myself only about halfway through of everything I wanted to get get through. So, all right. So, so the next thing that a lot of people are talking about now, where it's kind of a little bit of a, you know, depending on who you talk to, a little bit of a heated subject, and that's arrow weight. There is a growing trend in you know the archery world now, where uh, a lot of people are switching to much heavier arrow setups. You know, essentially, the idea with a heavier arrow is that it, it's gonna essentially carry more kinetic energy it's going to have a little bit more punch um, in regards to hunting now this isn't necessarily something new um, you know if you're looking at so you can actually go back to the Ashby reports um, I believe he was working on this I believe even all the way back into like the 80s or 90s uh, again I don't remember exactly when uh, Dr. Ashby you know did this work uh, but it's nothing new where basically he um, did a lot of work. I believe it was in Africa that he did most of the work where they were trying to allow for archery hunting in in Africa. So he was really testing on, you know, how how to get an arrow set up that you could use on these larger African animals and have them be lethal. So the thing ultimately that he found out is that, you know, certain arrows, especially. Um, for those large animals, you needed to get the arrow weight up to be able to have enough energy, enough penetration to get into those larger animals, those thick hide animals, um, to make them effective. Now it does get into far more detail than that, but that's essentially, you know, kind of a, a quick overview or glossing over the entire report. So now, a lot of people have taken that into, especially in, into the whitetail world. Before. There was, you know, especially even when I got into archery, there was a big push for speed. Um, a lot of people were really pushing these super fast arrows with these super fast bows. You know, the idea was get the arrow there as fast as you can before that deer can flinch or, you know, duck the string or move on you. And then, and then you started running into, um, which I kind of ran into the same issue is that you start getting these bigger mechanical broadheads with these really wide uh, cutting diameter, and you know those, you know the energy required to open those those broadheads up can vary a little bit, but it does take a little about a, a little bit of a force uh, to be able to get those open. And then because of that wider diameter, it's requiring more force to be able to push that broadhead through the animal because of that such wide cutting diameter. So if you don't have a heavy enough arrow, then that then that arrow is not going to carry enough energy to be able to really push that arrow through the animal. Essentially, it's going to run out of you know energy to have enough force to really drive its way through the animal. So that's why a lot of people now are switching more to heavier setups to be able to have that energy to be able to get you know essentially the idea is to get pass-throughs or have the arrow all penetrate all the way through the animal, um, which many times is the leading. Uh, you know, factor in regards to if you recover an animal or not. And then a lot of times too with those heavier arrows, you know, there's, you know, plenty of people that will talk about where, 
you know, sometimes those heavier arrows can, I guess, kind of, but not really bail you out of either a bad shot or if, you know, the animal moves and you do end up catching that shoulder or something like that, that you're going to have a higher likelihood that the arrow still had enough energy to penetrate into the chest cavity and to get into those organs. Now, again, you know, it's not saying that, you know, with a heavier arrow, you can take bad shots. Uh, you still want to have good shot placement. But if in the, in the event that the animal moves, then that heavier arrow may, may be able to, um, you know, still at least have good impact uh, regardless of where the animal positioning is. You know, because once that arrow's let loose, you can't really make, you can't control anything outside of that. Uh, so that animal may move or whatnot. So at least give that arrow the, the greatest you know, potential uh, to do what it needs to do regardless of where that animal is, ends up positioning when it finally hits. But the big caveat with that is a heavier arrow is going to be much slower. So then that gives you know, the potential for the animal to be able to move more, you know, be able to duck that arrow a little bit easier. And then the other thing that you'll be looking at is that, um, you know, that, that heavier arrow will have a different um, trajectory than a, a faster arrow or a lighter arrow. You know, a lighter arrow uh, is going to have less variance between different yardages or different distances, where a heavier arrow, you're going to see a much more of a, a variance in that where a faster, lighter arrow is going to be more flat shooting, or if you look at the trajectory, it's going to be much flatter curve. So if the animal is, you know, a few yards different than what you ranged it or took a few steps, um, you're still going to be relatively close to, you know, that yardage where you thought they were, and you're going to, that arrow is more or less going to land close to where, you know, aiming at 30 yards, or if you range them at 30 yards and then they moved out to 33, you're not going to be too far off if you still shoot at that 30 30 yard mark. Now with a heavier arrow, that may not be the case. Um, you know, my setup last year, I essentially determined that more or less it's a inch per yard difference. So if I range them at 20 and they are at 20, 22 yards, then that arrow is going to land roughly about two inches low. Now again, with that two yard difference, a drastic difference, but it does make a difference. So, so if I, if that deer ends up being you know, four to five yards further than what I thought. You know, if I misranged it or if it took a few more steps than I thought, then that can be a huge difference. So if I'm aiming at 20 and that deer is actually at 25, that arrow is potentially going to land, you know, all other variables, variables, you know, aside, that's going to land five inches lower than what I aimed. And that can be a drastic difference. And that's not even considering, you know, the deer is probably going to move um, because of that you know, that shot and whatnot is going to flinch or whatnot. And that positioning of that deer is going to be different uh, than when I release that arrow. So that can make a huge difference. So that'll be something that you have to consider as well. But with that, in regards to, you know, most of the Midwest here, you know, you're looking at shots between 20 to 30 yards, if not closer. So that distance may not be as quite as important. Um, just because you're not going to be looking at, you know, taking really long shots. Now, if you are one that likes to push a little bit more, you know, 40 plus, uh, then that's something you're really going to have to consider is that, you know, that pin is really going to have to have a lot of variance. You know, if you're shooting multiple pins, you're going to have different, 
if you don't have a wide spread of those pins or if you shoot a single pin you're going to have to make some very drastic adjustments uh, to that housing uh, to be able to make those adjustments all right so i guess the last thing i will cover um, will be uh, foc or the front of center so uh, this is another big conversation that's getting brought up more and more there's actually been a few um, arrow manufacturers are now selling um, arrows that are leaning towards high, higher effort FOCs or front of centers. And what that essentially comes down to is that it's adding more weight to the front of the arrow. Um, the idea is that it's going to potentially give you better arrow flight uh, because now with that higher front or higher weight in the front, the tip becomes more of the driving force um, of that arrow. You know, what you're looking at or what a lot of people bring up with and with that being the case is that wind will have less effect on it and then um, that higher driving force in the front will help potentially carry more energy um, so as you're shooting at an animal you know the potentially that you know that front of the arrow um, has all the energy and will will be driving its way through the animal uh, potentially increasing in penetration as well so one thing that um, you know, I always kind of think of it as that high, higher FO, higher FOC. Uh, it's quite similar to like those old like Nerf footballs where they had the really heavy like foam football and that little tiny tail off the back. You know, if you were to sh you know throw a regular football, you may get a certain distance or you may not be able to get like a really tight spiral. But then with that heavier, you know, or with that football, you know, essentially that football is perfectly balanced so the balancing point is in the center of the football where either point is about the same you know weight and whatnot now when you get to that nerf football you know it's got that heavy you know foam football in the front and then it's got that little light tail in the back and i don't know about you but for me i you could always throw those farther and they would always you know be tighter spirals and everything like that you know that's kind of what i think about with an arrow that has a high higher foc and then same thing in regards to like that football because that that front of the arrow or that balancing point of the arrow is now closer to the front you could potentially go with a smaller uh vein configuration uh, essentially because now that fulcrum or the band or that you know that that leverage or the lever part of that arrow is now more towards the front so you have more on the back end you don't need as much vein to be able to help control that arrow um, it would be the same thing as like, you know, if you're doing any other type of work, if you got any type of lever, you know, if you have more on one side, that gives you more leverage. That works the same way with that arrow vein. So you can run the potentially smaller veins um, to where, you, again, you'll have less, you know, drag and potentially less, you know, potential for a wind drift or anything like that, the wind grabbing those veins and pushing that arrow off to the side. And then the other thing with that too, with that higher point weight, you even if that wind does pull those veins a little bit or if the or if the wind tries to grab that air a little bit that point is going to be able to carry um, its trajectory much better because of that higher weight then you're going to end up you know essentially it's the same thing as you know that the higher weight it has momentum going in a certain direction at a certain trajectory and it's going to take more force to throw that out of out of balance and move that arrow so yeah so i think that's all we're going to cover for this week, um, I did end up running long. I got a little sidetracked on certain sides, you know, points and whatnot. But again, this is one thing that I've been putting a lot of thought and energy into the past couple of years. 
So, and there's more that I want to cover, you know, basically how to test or what, what you're doing when you're testing these, um, you know, different airways, different vein configurations, you know, different spines as well. Uh, so we'll get into that doing, you know, some bear shaft tuning, paper tuning, walk back tuning, just to make sure that these adjustments that you're making, especially to your arrows are, are making the impact or if you can see any improvement to making these changes. So, and again, there's a ton more information out there. Um, there's plenty of resources that I've relied on to help me uh, kind of understand, um, you know, what's going on or, you know, why these different changes of, you know, thought process of, you know, different setups. Um, so I am going to link some of those resources or some of those um, individuals down in the description. So if you want to learn more or kind of, you know, maybe the way I explained it didn't make a ton of sense, then you can kind of pull them up and they can explain it much better than I could. So again, if that's one thing that you're considering, again, the most important thing will be that your arrow's in tune. Um, you, If it's not in tune, then any of these changes uh, to your arrows or your arrow weight or, uh, you know, if you were looking at that front and center, then you're not going to see as good a difference. Again, it's, you're going to be trying to tune an arrow uh, to a bow that's not in tune essentially but so the ultimate goal is that you do want your bow in tune so if you have any questions on if it's out of tune always go to have double or have it double checked because uh, a lot of these other steps are reliant on that your arrow or yeah that your bow is shooting as close to perfectly tuned as possible now again you may not be able to get that bow perfectly tuned and everyone is human so we do have little variances in our shot process and you know, we can't always shoot a perfect arrow. You you can certainly practice that, but you'll never get that perfect. So that's the point where these making these adjustments to these arrows uh, can compensate for that part at least a little bit. Um, at least take some of that human element out uh, to where the you know the arrow can you know kind of make up for that. It's not going to be you know night or day differences necessarily, but you know in regards to hunting you know, it's a game of inches. So if you make a few, you know, percentile you know, improvements, um, then a lot of times I think it's worth it. So, so yeah, so I'll link everything down and then we'll have to do a part two on this. If you have any questions or comments for me um, in regards to this episode or any past episodes, you just want to reach out. You know, the easiest way to do that is through the Instagram account. It's at MI Hunting Podcast. Uh, send me a message if you have any questions or again, if you want to reach out or have comments for the show or anything like that. Um, I'm not the greatest with social media, um, so I think that's probably the easiest one for me to get to um, and be able to you know, get all your comments or questions and whatnot. So that's going to wrap it up for this time. Again, I ran a little bit long. I did get off on sidetracks, so we will do a part two and we'll cover you know, kind of how to test all these different components uh, to what works best for you and your setup and ways to be able to test it. So I guess if you are looking at making a change to any of your setup, double check your, your bow tuning and then I guess, you know, look at some of the things that you may be considering. And then I guess join me next week as we kind of go through on, you know, doing the testing and, you know, fine tuning what ultimately works best for you. 